Welcome to the Spartan Underground Show, your ultimate resource for everything Spartan race training. Discover what the best SGX coaches are doing to help their clients boost performance, dominate obstacles, and get through each race burpee-free. Here is your host, Mike Diebler. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of the Underground SGX Show. I'm your host, Mike Diebler. If you have any questions or want to get a hold of me, please feel free to email me at info at spartanunderground.com. A couple of things I want to let you guys know about. Number one, uh, I just got back from Dallas where I ran the Spartan Sprint and wrote up a review on our website. If you want to check it out and see my insights, get some tips that I learned from this race, uh, check out our blog. You can go to spartanunderground.com slash Dallas dash Spartan dash race dash review or you just go to our show notes at spartanunderground.com slash episode dash 11 and you can get the link right there uh, to see what I thought of the race and how it went also want to let you know we're doing some giveaways for the month of November so super simple to enter we're going to give away some t-shirts some socks some towels um, a whole bunch of them so all you have to do is head over to our, our Facebook page our Instagram page um, and we'll give you entries just for being a fan of those those pages. Um, if you subscribe to our show notes in, or I'm sorry, if you subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, you'll also get an entry. And if you actually give us a review in iTunes, you'll get some more entries. And we'll actually give you two entries per star rating that you give us. So, hint, hint, you give us five star rating, you'll get ten entries into our our giveaway. All right, so we're going to be doing it all month. So head over to those sites. Again, go to our show notes and you can get the direct links to those. Uh, in this week's episode, we have a cool research review. We're going to talk about the sleep low strategy and how that might help your performance. We're also going to get into our resource of the week, which is going to be how to improve your push-ups and probably why you shouldn't be doing push-ups from your knees if you're currently doing them from your knees. And finally, in our SGX interview, we are with Coach Jono Blodgett from Hawaii, and he talks about outdoor training, uh, a little bit about his background, how he started as a marine biologist and got into Spartan race training. I know, kind of ra random, but an interesting story. And he just gives us some of his insight, and I know you're going to get a ton of tips on his uh, training strategies, nutritional strategies to help you train for your next race. All right, so sit back and enjoy this week's show. All right, this week's research of the week, I have a really interesting study that I wanted to share with you. Uh, this was in the Journal of Medicine and Science in Sport and Exercise Science from this year. And the title of the study was Enhanced Performance by Periodization of Carbohydrate Intake. And this is the sleep low strategy. So we're going to talk about a, a carbohydrate strategy. And this might actually annoy some people because it seems like when we hear about carbohydrate intake and nutrient timing, things are always changing. And it, it sometimes is hard to make sense of some of the things that we're, we're trying to do here. But let's just look at what they did in this study. So they actually saw an improved performance by timing carbohydrate, but they didn't do it the way you're traditionally used to seeing, which would be kind of like timing carbohydrates for after your workout. So what they did here was they had 21 highly trained triathletes. So that is important to remember. It's a small group, um, but they were trained and highly trained. So 
would this have the same effect for somebody who is sedentary or not as well trained? We don't know. We're just going to use the information that we have here. And what they did was everyone in the study ate the same amount of carbs. And for this study, they did six grams per kilogram of body weight. Now, the difference was in the control group, so half of them, they ate carbohydrates at each meal of the day, so breakfast, lunch, and dinner. At the sleep low group, they ate carbs at breakfast and lunch, but did not have any carbs for dinner. And that's the idea behind the sleep low. You're going to actually go to sleep with lower glycogen stores. So you're going to reduce your carbohydrate intake and increase your training. Uh, what they did for the study was the same training protocol for bro both groups. So they trained four days per week, and this was a three-week training protocol. And in the afternoons, they did a high-intensity workout. And they either did eight times five-minute cycling at 85% of their max capacity, or they did six by five minutes at 85% of their running capacity, and then they'd rest for a minute and, and um, resting a, a minute in between each interval. Then in the morning, they did low-intensity training before they ate breakfast, and this was around 65%. So moderate to low-intensity workouts in the morning, high-intensity workouts in the afternoons. Now, the nutritional protocol they did, the like I said, the control, control group just ate carbohydrates at breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, post-workout as well. They spread it throughout the day. The sleep-low group had their carbs only at breakfast and lunch, and they did do a pre-workout. So they loaded up on a little bit of carbohydrates before their workout, did the high-intensity workout, then they did no carbs again until breakfast. So they did the workout, had dinner with no carbs, went to sleep the next morning, did their low-intensity workout, and then ate breakfast and repeated this protocol for four days per week over three weeks, and they had some really interesting findings. Now, both groups did see improvements, but they did find a significant difference in some of the things they tested. For example, the sleep low group saw uh, an improvement in submaximal efficiency. Um, so think of this as you can run harder or pedal faster if you're biking at less effort. So like your kind of moderate intensity is faster than than somebody else. So that is pretty significant. So you're using less less energy at a lower intensity. Um, they also found their supra maximal capacity improved greater. And this was at cycling at 150% of their VO2 max. So just think, this is like all out effort. And they found that they were actually to increase the time they can maintain this intensity for 12 to 20% longer, which is pretty amazing that you're, you're basically, you can only go as hard as you can for so long. And if you need to sprint to the finish line or, or just sprint in general, to be able to do it longer is going to be a huge benefit. And then they actually, for their run test, they did a 10K run and they actually saw an improvement of three to 5% in that sleep low group versus only a 0.1% increase in the control group. And the important thing to remember is this was only a three-week protocol that they did. So these are pretty substantial improvements for, for just three weeks. So some points I want to bring up with this study. So hopefully it's not pissing you off too much where we've heard all these things about get your carbs in after workout and not saying that's wrong. Um, that's still going to be beneficial for a lot of different things, but they're just finding that 
not having carbohydrates necessarily after your workout might actually help you adapt to using fat for fuel better, becoming a better fat oxidizer and enhancing performance that way. So they looked primarily at these endurance capacities. So um, for training for a Spartan race, obviously endurance is going to be a big portion of our training. So this might be a strategy that, that can help you out. So it's essentially, they got almost the effects of a ketogenic diet, but they still got to eat carbohydrates. And that's one of the biggest drawbacks of a, a no carb diet or a ketogenic diet is that's really hard. And I know personally, I've, I've tried it and I just really can't do it. One, I just lose a ton of weight if I'm not eating carbohydrates because it's hard to get most of your calories from protein and, and fats. And I don't want to lose a ton of weight, so I need those extra calories. And this makes it so much easier. So you're just going to time your carbohydrates when um, and have them before your workouts and not necessarily after. So I thought that was kind of interesting and might be a good way to play around with your own uh, nutrient timing there. Now, another cool thing in the study is they didn't, um, they did actually look at fat loss and they you know, they weren't, that wasn't the main point of this, but they did see an increase in fat loss in the sleep low group. Now, this was an already lean group, so they didn't really have a ton of body fat to lose, but they did notice a significant loss in the sleep low group. So pretty interesting there. Um, so again, this, this might not be for everyone, but it could be something you can play around with. Maybe if you are doing a two-a-day workout program where in the mornings you are doing some light exercise, maybe in a fasted state, um, having your carbohydrates after that session, and then that evening you would follow it up with a higher intensity workout, have your carbs beforehand, and then deplete your, your glycogen stores with that hard workout, have fats and proteins for your dinner, go to sleep, and then repeat the cycle that way. Um, so might be a, a, an interesting way to just play around. Maybe if you've been stuck or hitting a plateau, try this sleep low strategy and see if that gives you a little boost in performance. All right, and this week's resource of the week, we want to talk about push-ups, and we're actually going to talk about using bands to help you get better at push-ups. Now, I'm a big fan of only doing push-ups from your toes. Um, there are certain situations where you, you, you just may have to do it from your knees, but if you're trying to get better at burpees, they are from your toes. If you want to get better at push-ups, you have to do them from your toes. From your knees is just a different exercise. So I, I've seen people and they'll do like 15, 20 push-ups from their knees and they can't do a single push-up from their toes. So there's just not a good carryover from push-ups from their knees to push-up on their toes. But it's kind of a catch-22. If you uh, want to get better at push-ups from your toes, you need to do push-ups from your toes. So sometimes you need a little bit of assistance. So I've found that using uh, bands is a great tool for this, and specifically using monster bands or strength bands or super bands. They have a million different names, whatever you want to call them, but those are the thick bands that kind of look like big rubber bands. And 
one strategy that I found to be particularly helpful is using it almost like a, a slingshot. And there, there is an actual piece of equipment called the slingshot, slingshot, where it's almost like these sleeves that you put on that it's almost like a handcuff that's connected in the middle with a band. And you'll do a push-up, and as you lower down, that band will stretch across your chest and actually help you get up. So I'm gonna, I'll post a link for the slingshot so you can see what I'm talking about. And I'm also going to post the video in our show notes. Remember, those are at www.spartanunderground.com slash episode dash 11 and how you can use these bands as a slingshot and you essentially take the band you'll fold it in half so it makes two small bands you're going to stick your arms right through it so it's and then pull it up towards your chest so it's going to wrap around your arms and then go straight across your chest and then when you lay down to the ground and do your push-ups as you go down to the floor, the band actually stretches out and takes some of your body weight away, and then it's going to assist you to get back up. So you have, it's almost like this trampoline effect where as you go down, it's going to stretch and then it's going to push you back up. And it doesn't look like it's something that would really necessarily help you do a push up, but it's amazing how much this will assist you. Um, so check out the website. I have a video. It has a couple different push up progressions on how to get better at doing push ups specifically from your toes, but I want you to check out that band variation that shows this slingshot effect. Now you can use bands where you just tie it off to a pull-up bar and kind of wrap the band around your waist and then do push-ups that way and it's going to help you uh, in a similar way. The only problem is you might not have access to a pull-up bar or be able to attach it to something above you to get that same effect. So here you just wrap it around your arms, do your push-ups, um, and the band just does some of the work for you. It won't do all the work, but it, it's amazing how much it's going to help you. So give it a try. If you struggle doing push-ups from your toes, I guarantee these are going to help you. Or even if you can do them, but you maybe can't do that many reps yet, this is definitely going to help you uh, bang out a few more reps on your on your push-ups while maintaining that good form and keeping that that core nice and stable. So check out the video. I know you're going to love it. I'll also put some links in there on where you can get some of these bands to help you along the way. All right, it is time for the SGX Coaches interview, and this week I am going to be interviewing Coach Jono Blagip. Coach Jono is from Hawaii, so I know we're all pretty jealous that he is living out there, but he specializes in a lot of outdoor training, which makes perfect sense since he's out there. So we talk a little bit about his insights and training and how to add more outdoor training into your program and why you specifically want to do that. Uh, he has a pretty interesting backstory where he actually was not in the fitness industry, but saw how people were, just weren't taking advantage of all that Hawaii could offer. And he basically had a change of career and pursued his passion to help people realize what they could do and what they would be capable of. And that's kind of what led him to Spartan Race Training. Um, he's been competing in obstacle courses over the past five years, and he actually just competed in this year's World Championships Men Elite Division at Lake Tahoe. So take some notes. I know you're going to get some great info out of this interview. And here we go with Coach Jono. All right, what's up, everybody? I am here with SGX coach John Oblodget, uh from out in Hawaii. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing awesome, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, I, th I think, um, you know, I, I, I thought I was the only one that was certified SGXN certified functional strength, strength coach, but uh, it's both of us. I'm not sure if there's anyone else that, that has that duo. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I came out to your facility for the uh, functional strength coach training and dude, it was awesome. Loved your facility, but yeah, that, that training class was was superb yeah yeah and I, I took a lot and obviously that was nothing to do with spartan race training but um i took so much from that that was so easy to apply for for obstacle course races so it was a it was a cool event but um uh thanks again for joining us and let's just get right into it uh let people know a little bit about you right on yeah um i'm from hawaii kind of wasn't born here but grew up here so it was always you know out either in the mountains hiking around or else out in the ocean surfing you know diving scuba diving all kinds of things um so i mean what better place to get outdoors than here in hawaii that you can do it year round you know so Definitely. yeah um not much better place but uh just being being from hawaii and being in the water all the time i actually went to school and got uh, my master's degree in marine biology um you know hawaii you're surfing all the time in the water so i was like okay what better career than to be you know in the water and going to work in board shorts every day is awesome. yeah so so yeah i actually worked as a marine biologist for the state of hawaii doing uh coral reef restoration uh for about 10 years or so wow. and um yeah, did a lot of cool work in the Northwest Hawaiian Islands and um, here around the main Hawaiian Islands and, you know, saw some amazing things, helped the reefs in some different areas and, yeah, loved it. That's cool. So that's a pretty big uh, difference from, from the fitness industry and, and Spartan race training. So what kind of drew you to this industry? Yeah, it was a kind of funny story, actually. I mean, I was always into health and fitness and things um but during while i was working as a marine biologist uh we would go out and do these educational events and speak to kids and um you know school groups and different adults and different like fishing um tournaments and things and during these educational outreach events i would talk to people and we were our main project was doing invasive species so we would go and talk to them and I'd ask them oh have you ever seen this type of invasive seaweed or have you ever seen this coral or this type of invasive fish or you know even up in the mountains have you ever seen these types of invasive trees and a lot of people would be like no you know I don't I don't get a chance to get out and do any hiking or anything I'm I'm so out of shape or I have diabetes I have knee issues and back issues and I was this just like blew my mind. This was this was crazy to me because I was like, how could you live here in Hawaii and not, you know, go out and enjoy everything that it has to offer? I mean, year round you can get outside. There's amazing waterfalls and hikes, and then you know, getting in the water. And, and so this just flabbergasted me, you know. So. Um, turns out our our project was was canceled and we lost some funding 
And so I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe this is a new time, a good time to try something new. Got, uh, got my certifications and, you know, I was like, obviously there's a demand for it. People need some help getting their health back and, you know, getting out and enjoying what Hawaii has to offer. So, wow. Yeah. That, that's just crazy that people don't take advantage of it. Um, I, I hear you. Yeah. I, I guess sometimes when it's like almost like too much of a good thing, you just take it for granted and, and aren't out there. But I mean, yeah, with all the hiking out there and snorkeling and surfing. And I remember we were out in Kauai a couple of years ago and we actually almost killed my mother-in-law on a hike in Kauai, but beautiful waterfall. It was so much fun. Um, so yeah, that's such a surprise. So, yeah. So once you got certified, so were you pretty much done with, um, marine biology at that point or are you still touching on it a little? No, I'm, uh, I'm completely done with it now. Uh, training full time, doing some other sports medicine work. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm completely done. I still miss it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. now I'm, I do actually, I get to take people up on hikes and, you know, just being able to expose these people and be like, man, I would have never come up here had I not, you know, started working with you and, and so that that's just a, a awesome feeling. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so what drew you to uh, Spartan races then? Spartan races. So I mean, yeah, I was doing hikes and trail runs and things. And um, actually, Spartan didn't come out here until I believe 2014 was their first year. Um, so w- I'd done a, a couple uh, Warrior Dash and some other smaller events. That's the thing about Hawaii. It's we're so far out here in the Pacific. It it takes a couple extra years for things to make it out to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we're a little delayed, but uh, yeah. So we did a couple warrior dashes and they were fun. Um, but then once Spartan came around and and I mean it was just that next level. I mean I was I was always been very competitive and. Um, Spartan kind of definitely brings that out in you Mm -hmm. and so but just the obstacles and and the overall culture of Spartan really just called out to me awesome cool so I would like to ask about that first race um so when you did your first race what were your I don't know if your expectations or how, how did you feel about it did you feel prepared did you have any idea what you were getting involved with so my first Spartan race, I did just the open super, um, and I, did, I didn't do a whole lot of training. So, but I, I mean, was in shape. I wasn't, you know, necessarily not just sitting on the couch or anything. But the first, after I was completed with that, I was definitely it. It hit me in the head as far as like, okay, this was this was definitely no joke. We stepped it up <laughs> to the next level, you know. <laughs> Uh, but what took me by most by surprise was just the amount of hills, just, just, just brutal, brutal climbing of hills and how it just, you know, killed me. Yeah. So, I think yeah. A lot of people will probably relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and just so our listeners know, you might have only been doing this a couple of years, but you just finished up in Tahoe in the elite division, correct? I did, yeah. How'd yeah. that go? Uh, that was, it was another just, you know, I wanted to step it up again to the next level, and, and I definitely did. I was 
we have some good competition out here in Hawaii, but that Tahoe race was, was unbelievable, man. Just being able to go head to head with guys from all over the world. You know, there's French, you know, guys from Mexico, like United Kingdom, you know, all over the U S Canada. Like that was just awesome. Just being right at the starting line and hearing all these different languages go back and forth. And then, you know, the whole entire way, just, charging out and and having guys right at your side just battling it out and i mean it was it was tough i mean coming from sea level here in hawaii the altitude definitely kicked my ass but i was i was able to to go strong i uh finished in about three hours and three and a half hours or so nice so yeah so did did pretty well for even with the altitude awesome any uh have to do any burpees I did. I did the uh, just one set of burpees on the spear throw. Ah. Missed, missed the spear throw. Just had the right right uh, force and trajectory, but just went a little low. So, uh, are you normally I pretty got, good at the spear, or is that a, a troubling one? That's always been a troubling one for me. I, uh, I I nailed it the past couple races, but it's always been one that's never. Never been one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. I know. I, yeah. I was 0 for 3 with my first three races, and uh, since then I haven't missed. But every single nice. time, I kind of want to throw up because I'm, like, <laughs> just getting so so nervous. Uh, and I don't know why because I know exactly what to do. But, you know, always in the back of your head, it's like, man, if I miss this, do I really want to do 30 burpees right now? But Don't mess this yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess this up. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> How many burpees uh, did you yeah. do in your uh, first race? Do you remember? uh it was upwards i don't know 120 160 okay. i mean I, th I definitely didn't hit the spear i think uh the rig i might not have gotten the rope climb i don't i'm pretty sure i didn't get either so it was it was yeah definitely an eye opener yeah for sure but that's awesome though <laughs> so you know but that's and that's that's what i liked about the spartan though like you know warrior dash and things you would you know if you didn't do it then you know there was no penalty you know even if you didn't want it, you could just walk right around it and i was like now, this is a competition where it should bring out the the you know the fighter in you and if if you don't then you know you do have to have a little penalty so um i think that that's one of the things i i like about spartan nice yeah and and i think uh you're obviously doing the right things with your training because you went from you know missing three or four obstacles your first one to competing in the elite division at world championships so let's get into your training philosophies a little bit so you're in hawaii obviously you can spend a lot of time outdoors so i have to imagine you do a lot of outdoor training yeah i mean that's one of my um you know biggest the things that i try to promote uh is just i mean getting outside in that terrain um it's it's funny when people come up to me and they'll be like oh you know i've i've been running for a while i've you know i'll go to the and do an hour on the treadmill and then i'm like okay well you know if you're training for this event then let's let's take it to the mountain let's take it to the trails and again that same eye opener kind of thing where you know people are just like wow i i thought i was in shape but you know being out in the trails on the on the mountain it's a whole nother world you know you're you can't just zone out like if you were running down the road you know have your headphones in listening to music 
and just, you know, not think about where your feet are going to go on the trails. I mean, you have to constantly look ahead of you and see, you know, like, okay, there's a rock there. There's a root there. I got to jump over this little, you know, stream here. There's slippery mud here, you know, so you're constantly, your brain is active on where your feet are going to go. Your body has to adjust with the different movements. Um, so yeah, I, I try to get people outside as much as possible. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Just being alert and focused. Where, you know, they, there's a reason they call it mindless cardio, right? Where people just get yeah. watch TV, read a book, or something like that. And you know, that's cool if that's what you're you want to do, just to be active. But yeah, yeah. If you're training for a race, we need to step it up a little bit. And one of the most common injuries we'll see is like sprained ankles from running down a hill and just not really sure where you're going to put your foot or anything like that. So. Um, so what would like a, a, a sample workout be outside for you? Uh, so a lot of times what we'll do is, I mean, we'll go to the trails and I, I might take, you know, a, a sandbag uh, with us. Or if we're just doing a, a straight run, you know, we'll not do um, at, a, at a fairly good pace, running a mile or so, stopping, um, you know, doing very, I mean, you can just even add in some burpees, but a lot of the trails that we do will have overhanging branches. So, I mean, grip strength is huge in Spartan, right? So a lot of times I'll just have people uh, just hang from different size branches. I mean, you're, you're holding on to things, buckets, sandbags, but so you don't always want to have that nice, just dumbbell kind of grip that you, you know, fits perfectly in your hand may have like a fat tree branch or a skinny one just to work those that grip strength in different ways as well um but yeah and then uh if the sandbag's not available all i mean just pick up anything spartan is full of different carries you know where whether you're carrying a sandbag on your shoulder or the bucket carry in front or you know the farmer carries so i mean we'll just as we're running along, we're like, oh, wow, look, okay, that rock, okay, we're going to pick it up and carry it, you know, for the next 200 yards or so. Um, just constantly kind of mixing things up and getting getting people off balance and, and working different muscle groups just, I mean, to kind of reenact the same thing that happens in a Spartan race. I mean, you'll be tearing down the trail, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, here we have the bucket carry, let's – let's you know change up our whole um dynamic and and rethink how we're going to do this so getting people i think uh more comfortable with that is uh is huge awesome yeah and it's a lot of people complain sometimes like they don't have the specific obstacles to practice and well yeah if you can just get on a specific obstacle if you had a rig in your backyard and you could practice you know it'll definitely help but there's a lot for being said about just getting out there and making your own gym on a trail, right? It's like, you know, you're gonna have to pick something up. So go run, find a rock, pick it up, go run with it. You know, you're gonna have to climb, hang from something. So there's just so many different options without needing to build something or investing in lots of expensive equipment or anything like that. No, I mean, even the sandbags, I mean, Spartan sandbags, they're just, you know, your run of the mill, um, you know mesh sandbags you'd get from the hardware store so grab a few of those go fill them up wherever you can if you're near the beach then great if not i mean go to the 
the quarry or something and i mean dirt's not that expensive so i mean you can make some some great uh weights and and sandbags with not that much and they're they're awesome awesome and uh so if you're outside a lot do you kind of what do you do about weather are you just kind of like whatever happens happens or um <laughs> yeah nice. that that's an, that's another thing too i mean you know it's it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable right so yeah. people are always you know like oh it's too you know hawaii it still gets hot here you know so like it's it's too hot you know let's you know let's wait till it gets a little cooler in the evening time i'm like nope we're doing this right now you know that you you gotta if you start your if you're doing a beast and you start your heat you know 10 o'clock and you're still going to be out there for four to six hours you're just gonna be blazing in the middle of the day you know so you need to kind of see and feel how that is running how your body's going to be affected with the heat um you know you're going to be dehydrated more quickly your electrolyte loss so i mean I, I try to get people out there and exposed to these kind of conditions as much as possible. Um, and then on the opposite too, if it's, if it's raining, you're like, yeah, no, it's raining now. Like, yep, we're going out. Come on. I mean, Hawaii, it's raining most of the time, you know? And so the ground gets soggy, gets muddy, gets slippery. And if you're not used to the way your feet move and slide in mud that that just it wrecks people you know so i i know a lot of for this past uh spartan race in august a lot of people came from the mainland and i was talking to them after and um at uh for all you i guess for all the li listeners that don't know the mainland the the <laughs> continental u.s <laughs> uh but yeah so a lot of guys came from out there and just the mud they they weren't ex expecting it and you know didn't know kind of how to how to deal with it and it just it drains your your energy too i mean by your feet just sliding and trying to grip things in different ways so um yeah definitely getting people out on the trails in different all different conditions uh i think is is necessary yeah yeah and and sometimes you just don't know. Like you might think it's going to be a nice day for a race, and then it just the opposite happens. Like um, you know, if you're in New England running in the spring, you you don't know. I you know I went to school in Connecticut, and I remember when I did track, there were some meets where it was you know 75, 80 degrees, perfect weather, and then the next day it was a snowstorm. So it was like yeah. the weirdest weather. Or um, I think it was January of this year at the SoCal race where um for the super it was gorgeous a little windy but not bad at all and then for the sprint it was like monsoon and freezing and it never is like that in san diego or in uh, southern right California. yeah so it's you, you just have to be ready so it's almost like wait for those bad weather days and those are the days you should be outside yeah uh, too i'm all about that yeah i mean take advantage of it you'll surprise yourself a lot of a lot of times it's it's more fun in the rain you know yeah it yeah, makes definitely. it makes things interesting yeah <laughs> We don't want it too easy. We don't do this too yeah, easy, Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I know you, you like using a lot of unconventional methods. So besides, like, finding things in nature and, and sandbags, anything else that you'll throw out there with your clients? 
Yeah, I mean, if we are just doing a session, say, you know, in the park or at somebody's house or something, I'll, I'll use a lot of other different um, equipment just, again, to kind of get people comfortable without just using a, a nice dumbbell that you can hold on to. Um, so there's, there's one thing, it's called the Surge. It's just a big, uh, basically a big log that you can fill with water. A lot of times you'll see them in gyms, just, I mean, straight PVC pipe um, that you can have the caps on is, is one way you can make these really um, cheap or fill them with sand. But this one that I have, I mean, it works with water. And, I mean, you can get up to, probably, I mean, 75, 80 pounds in there of water. And so when you're, when you're picking that up, just the water moving, sloshing around, it's forcing your core to work. It's, you know, having, you having to adjust your balance. But I mean that's same same with Spartan. I mean when you're picking up, say the log carries. Some logs are skinny, some are fat, some you know are digging into your shoulder, and so you do have to be accustomed to handling things that are moving around in an unconventional way. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's one. Another one is just like this: the steel clubs, uh, where you, you know one end is just has a, you know. 15 10 to 20 pounds you know weight on the end using that in different motions um you know doing grave diggers or kind of over the shoulder even just straight lunges where you're you're overweighted to one side again it's just it's forcing that body to have to compensate and and readjust to to the overloaded weight on on one side so i'm, I'm just a big proponent of you know getting your balance off as much as possible forcing you know those all your other little proprioceptor muscles to have to adapt and, and come into play and you know and having the mind to be able to like not just freak out and be like okay i'm falling over like <laughs> let's just go with it or okay like i've fallen over and tripped a thousand times before when i've been doing this other training where i was thrown off balance but I, I, my feet and my reaction time was able to quickly recover and I'm right back to it. Yeah. And it's kind of rare that yeah. like everything in the, in your race goes exactly as you planned. Like yeah. some, something's going to happen. Something's going to get messed up. Your grip's going to be wet or muddy or whatever. You cut your hand and, and you just have to make those adjustments. So I think that kind of training really, really makes that beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then, just getting in with the the normal um like a bucket carry to getting people accustomed to kind of how to grip the bucket um you know how it's going to feel on their lower back feeling the weight in different areas and just so that they can get more accustomed to you know what it is going to feel like and and not just once so they're coming up to the obstacle and be like okay how do i do this how do i grip the bucket or or climb the rope and you know get my feet situated so i mean they have an idea they're better prepared and they can you know more likely they're gonna get be successful and not have to do burpees hopefully yeah awesome so what would a like a typical training week look you know obviously there'll be different phases and depending on their their fitness levels um but what what types of thing are you trying to cover in, the, in a training week uh, I mean, so I'll, I'll do, I mean, it depends on the distance, I guess, that they're, the event they're doing. Um, but I'll definitely have, 
one day where it'll be uh, nothing but hills. I mean, I think that was my <laughs> my quick realization from my very first race. I mean, you cannot get through a Spartan race without doing some serious climbing. Yeah. So, I mean, that people hate hills, but I think that has been one of my, you know, how I have been able to climb up to the elite level is just by mastering hills. And, you know, it's brutal, but um, it, it gets you to where you need to be. Uh, so that that's definitely in there. Um, a longer endurance session as well. So probably just getting up onto the trails, um, you know, not necessarily going super fast, but just a nice getting uh, some more distance in getting people accustomed to um, moving your feet in different air in different movements and jumping over logs and all those things I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, one day just where we practice in all the different obstacles. So getting the bucket carry out, getting, you know, the different logs out, the, the surge uh, sandbags, you know, we'll get the rope cl- rope out spear throw you know and and just getting more of the the technical aspects down um with with that so uh and then i always tell people too and and their recovery days are crucial as well i mean we beat ourselves up and beat ourselves up and then you know you've got to let your body recover so that you can get back out there so i i plan in um, recovery days as well, um, making sure people don't just sit on the couch to recover either. I mean, making sure you're actually using the recovery day as as just that. So whether it's sitting in the sauna, going and you know doing an ice bath, or just icing sore muscles, um, you know, some uh, low impact movement, a yoga class, uh, just swimming the pool just to kind of loosen things up but not beat your body up uh, is is crucial nice so yeah and sleep sleep lots <laughs> of sleep i mean i tell turn the tv off you know no need to watch that last show of you know whatever whatever's on you know the family guy i'm a big family guy uh, <laughs> watcher but i'm like okay i need to turn it off let's just it's time to go to bed, you know, and, um, and, and make sure you're getting that, that sleep. Cause it's, it's huge. Nice. Uh, so you don't do like a ton of just traditional strength training. It sounds like you're pretty much out there, uh, hitting the trails, hitting Hills, um, and then just practicing the obstacle kind of workouts. Yeah. Yeah. There, there might be, um, you know, if a client still likes the gym, um, you know, I don't, saying saying that the gym is bad and you shouldn't do the gym i think there's definitely you know some awesome things you can do in the gym i mean as far as kind of what we were taught in functional strength i mean you're you're running and jumping all the time off of your single leg so if you're going to be in the gym work those single leg movements uh you know split squats um you know single leg deadlifts uh, just, you know, all these different things doing, you know, some plyo box jumps, like single leg. So, I mean, if you're still, if you like the gym and that's why I, I have clients that I'm like, go to the gym. Yeah. I mean, that's where you can kind of release that stress from the day, but you know, we can still focus, uh, our workouts to, um, 
you know, better yourself so that when you do get back up on the trail, you know, if you're doing a lot of split squats in, in the gym, your, your legs are going to be, you know, fired up and ready to go for when you do have to climb those hills, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not against it by any means and, and I'll definitely program it in if, if clients want to, want to do that. Um, but yeah, I just try to make sure they're getting out outside as well. In addition to whatever they're doing in the gym. Nice. Nice. And I think the, the point you made about the single leg movement is critical because yeah. you, you just don't see people doing that enough. And it's, yeah, obviously there's just a, a few things that we'll, we'll be on two legs for, but most yeah. of it, it's, it's single leg. So we need more single leg squatting, deadlifting, lunging, step ups. And Dude, it's that huge. Needs to be the bulk. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's just talk nutrition a little bit to finish up. So <clears throat> what type of nutrition strategies are you talking with your clients about? Uh, I generally, you know, being that Spartan races, I mean, they are more endurance kind of longer races. Uh, I'm more of a proponent of, you know, a higher fat diet, kind of, um, lower carbs and, you know, moderate protein. It's not not quite maybe like a ketogenic diet not quite that much not that low carb i mean but mm -hmm. definitely including more of your fats um you know just you want your body to be able to have lots of energy and fuel to last the entire race and not and you know if you're just going off of your carbs and your sugars and relying on that then yeah you're gonna crash hard you know so uh, that was one of the biggest things that I, I kind of learned as well is, you know, having those healthy fats um, fuel that fire and, and keep it going long distance. Yeah, there might be a time in the race, you know, where um, you take a little packet or you do take a little sugar and might be what's I mean, I've heard referred to as like a sugar trickle and where you still have that fat base in in your system right that's going to give you that long-term energy but okay maybe you see a hill coming up or you know you know the bucket carries coming up and you just need that little extra fire in there like okay just have that little bit of sugar get into your system but if your body is fat adapted you know it's gonna take a hold of that sugar and it's gonna like you know boost you into the next level and then you know you're not going to crash though once you burn through that sugar because you have your that fat base to go back to so you'll you'll just go right back into that steady flow um that'll give you that longer lasting energy to help you finish nice yeah and it's it's not like we're sprinting a whole race as much as we exactly. like to think we are but yeah um yeah you're using fat to to get through those runs and then and then like you said you just need that little extra boost to to get over a wall or or yeah. something quick yeah. burst yeah yeah so, um, exactly so you're saying <coughs> excuse me not a ketogenic diet but you are recommending some carbohydrates so what types or how much just to give some people an idea uh i mean all you can get plenty of of good carbs just from loading up on vegetables i mean have make sure you have vegetables at every single meal you're gonna get um you know a significant amount of of carbs of through that you know so um i mean all your cruciferous vegetables you know broccolis your cauliflowers um you know all for breakfast this morning i had eggs with 
with a bunch of broccoli inside it, so, you know. So I try to just make sure you're getting some um, some veggies, some protein, and then fats at every meal. And this is what I tell um, my clients: you're going to get your some carbs through those vegetables. So it's not like you're on a no carb diet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you want those vegetables because it's filled with all, tons of other vitamins and minerals that you know will help you in in your normal everyday life kind of thing so um, but you want this will help you know still laying off of those unnecessary like grains and sugars is going to help your body to get more into that fat burning mode gotcha and how about fruit do you typically recommend it or, or you're trying to keep keep that carb under pretty low so you have to eliminate that yeah i try not to i mean especially it's hard out here uh, especially with the tropical fruits, uh, all, you know, your pineapples, mangoes, papayas, kiwis, all, I mean, those are plentiful out here, you know, so, so that's always hard for people, but you know, if you are going to have a smoothie or something, um, I'll have people, you know, you can still put in some berries or something like that, but for the most part, I, yeah, I tell them to try to limit it, um, if they can. Okay. And then, and you're recommending moderate protein. Correct. Yeah. yeah I mean, right. we're still, you're still out there beating your body up. So, I mean, you want to make sure you're getting protein, but yeah, you don't, not, not super high protein by any means. Yeah. I know sometimes when people hear low carb, they just assume, well, that must be yeah. high protein. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no, yeah, still just moderate protein. Um, but yeah, then just upping, upping your fats a little bit to, uh, give you that other that extra energy source okay cool and so i know some people might be listening and thinking you know low carb diets might be hard do you have any strategies to just help people start cutting down on some of their carbohydrates and and following this type of diet plan uh i mean it's just i mean out here in hawaii it's you have rice with i don't know if you if you remember when you went out to Kauai, like you'll get rice at every single meal, right? <laughs> so, I mean, there's breakfast. You go to McDonald's, you'll get uh, Spam, eggs, and rice for as, like, their breakfast meal. Mm-hmm. So, and then at lunch. And so so the rice is a huge, huge thing uh, for people to, to give up. And a lot of times, I'll, I mean, I'll tell them it's still have some of that rice, you know. A lot of it is just, I mean, it's, do you like the flavor? Okay, so maybe let's just, instead of two scoops of rice, let me just take that down to one, you know, and then add in more vegetables and, and slowly kind of just knock that back a bit. And, um, you know, people will come back to me and tell me, like, you know, after it was hard the first few weeks, but you don't even miss it after a while. I mean, you you get new flavors. Your taste buds change, and so you start to notice the vegetables with a little bit of you know seasoning that does taste really good so hey i'm gonna i'm gonna load up on on those vegetables and you know add a little olive oil or even some butter on the top and um you know what i don't i don't need the rice it's okay nice so Um, so yeah i would say just yeah slowly starting to you know find find the new flavors that you like and your taste buds are going to change like i said so you know, start to experiment, and um, you know, for those first few weeks, it's it's not going to be easy, if especially if you're, you know, a very carb-heavy kind of person. So, you know, 
give yourself those those treats if you if you like pancakes and you know hey you know, go out if it's you know mother's day or something like that or your birthday or something yeah give yourself a treat it's not like you can't ever have those kinds of things but yeah. you know on the day-to-day normal um time when you're during training you know stay focused yeah yeah so it's like slowly slowly cut down focus more on what you do like on the stuff that you can have and just try and get through those first couple weeks to to not even miss it anymore yeah and i and one of the big things that i i tell people too is i mean don't deprive yourself you know of things if if you're if you're at the office or something and somebody is brings in some donuts or or something like that a lot of times if you like okay i'm just gonna avoid it at all costs you know not have anything your your brain is is and hormones are just gonna be like sending your brain signals like i want that donut i want it you know i want it like what do i gotta do and so it i mean it's just terrible and um so I, I tell people take in snacks you know take in healthy snacks that you can have um so when when those donuts do come out then you can still give yourself something to eat during that time and granted it may not taste as good as you know the blueberry muffin or something but you a lot of times you'll still be able to satisfy that craving and, and get back to you know doing your work instead of just thinking about the donut because you're still giving yourself something right you're still giving your body um something in return so you're not just depriving it completely yeah and it's and people start to realize that when they see that stuff they're not even hungry it's like you said it is just a craving and once you get past that craving you're like well i'm not hungry so i didn't really even need anything but yeah exactly yeah one more nutrition question for you what is poi and how does that fall into this? <laughs> Poi, oh man, that's a it's it's the root of uh, the taro plant or the kalo is what they call it. Basically, it's just ground it up and and turned into a, a mushy slur. <laughs> and uh, it's it's I guess similar to maybe like a, a sweet potato okay. or something. Um, but yeah, just mushed up, you know, you might add in, uh, some water or sugar or something, but, um, I'm not a big fan of it. (laughs) I don't know if I know anybody that is, but (laughs) so I, I generally don't, uh, don't go out of my way to have it. So, um, but, but would that be, if you like a low carb snack or would it, I guess it depends on how they make it. Yeah. I mean, generally it is just something that you would have on the side it wouldn't be like a you wouldn't have an entire plate of it yeah um so yeah it looks like oatmeal kind of but it's not going to be like a high carb side dish like something like that right yeah no exactly yeah so i mean it'll be a lot of times you'll see it served at um you know for with a hawaiian plate lunch or lao lao or something where you'll get some lomi lomi salmon, some um, some fish, some kua pig, and then maybe like a little uh, side of of poi. Um, so and yeah, that's that's fine. I mean, in, if you like poi, yeah, go ahead. That's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it's really hard to eat too much of that anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan. But... <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. I know we're, we're running out of time. I don't want to take it for too long. Um, but uh, if people are interested in just getting a hold of you or following you on, online, where are some good places they might be able to reach you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Uh, my company uh, out here is, is called Malka Makai Fitness. Um, yeah, Malka is just kind of towards the mountains and Makai is, you know, getting towards the ocean. So it's all about just getting getting outside, getting in the mountains, in the ocean and, um, you know, into those different uh, environments. So, yeah, MalcolmMackayFitness.com. Uh, I've got a Facebook as well. Um, you can just search for John O'Blodgett and um, and find me, and then also on Instagram. So many different ways. All right, awesome. I'll put links for all that in our show notes so people can see it, and we'll also put your favorite poi recipe in there as well. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> all right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know uh, our listeners are going to get a ton of good info from this. Right on, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah. All it's right. Good talking to you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, well, that is going to do it for episode 11 of the Underground SDX show. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to our guest this week, SGX coach John O'Blodgett. Hope you got some great insight with his interview. Uh, any of the links mentioned in the show and Coach John's contact info you will find at our show notes at spartanunderground.com slash episode dash 11 again if you ever want to reach out to me have any questions uh, have somebody you want me to interview please just email me at info at spartanunderground.com Um, Don't forget we are doing a giveaway, so please visit our Facebook page, our Instagram page. Give us a review on iTunes. Basically all month, the more you show the love with us, the more chances you have in winning some swag that we're giving away with some compression socks, t-shirts, and towels. So all you have to do is like some of those pages or give us a review. Pretty easy to win some cool free stuff there. Uh, This weekend, I am going to be at the Fenway Park Sprint. Um, Would love to meet some of you out there. I'll be running in the competitive heat at 8 a.m. on Saturday, but I'll probably be around all weekend. So again, hit me up on Facebook or email and we can definitely uh, meet up and and chat or maybe grab a beer after the race. Uh, That's it for this week. Keep training hard and uh, stay tuned for our next episode.